Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, which is always presented by betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. I think you guys know the deal. Just go ahead and use the promo code PODCAST1. And you get a 50% welcome bonus, which is glorious. Almost as glorious as the breakdowns we get every week from Matt Waldman from the Rookie Scouting Portfolio. If you're not already following Matt on Twitter, at Matt Waldman, you are messing up. And you have to buy the Rookie Scouting Portfolio. Matt Welcome, glad to have you again. Uh, we got some good games to get into. How uh, how are you doing? Haven't haven't spoken since Thanksgiving. Did you have a nice holiday? Yeah, we had an absolutely great holiday. Uh, my daughter's actually in the Marine Corps, so she didn't join us this time. But her husband's getting a chance to move out to Arizona, where she's stationed. So uh, she's excited about getting a chance to reunite with him. Where is she stationed in in Arizona? Actually, on an army base, um, Fort um, Chihuahua, I believe is the is what it's pronounced. It's um, so she's doing some drone pilot training there. Wow, what's it like? Uh, I didn't even know this. I'm fascinated because I actually thought about this recently when my daughters came out with me to Hawaii for the Army Hawaii game, and I was looking at some of the um, service women um, and thinking about my daughters. What's it like to have? your uh your daughter in the service well it's pretty funny because she came home about this time last year and decided that she was going to do it after having like a fashion design scholarship you know making clothing and doing things where she was close to like doing some work for a fashion house and uh then she took a couple years off and then she just kind of said you know i need to get my bleep together and i decided that i wanted to go in the marines and it was kind of one of those things that it was shocking at first but then as you kind of get you know you think about it and you realize what your what your daughter's like and you go yeah that's actually going to be a pretty good fit for her and it has you know she's a little bit older than than most um people who decide to go in um so you know even just talking to the recruiters they were like oh yeah this is going to be a good fit for her cuz she knows kind of what she wants to do and she's been out in the working world for a little while and 
So, uh, you know, for her, it's great and we're excited for her and it, you know, it, there's, there's a sense of pride with it. You know, I have a son who also just came back from, from the army as a sergeant and, uh, and he served in Mosul and Kuwait. Um, so as one was, one was going in, the other was coming out. <laughs> so, um, you, you know, so we kind of get a chance to, to learn a little bit from each other. It's been kind of funny cause he was out there actually two years ago. Um, so they get a chance to talk a little bit about that. Wow. Well, thank you for your service, Matt, having two children in the service. That is awesome. Um, I think anybody that's ever listened to me on any of the podcasts or calling the army games knows how I feel about it. Very, very cool. And I also wanted to, I know I talk about it every week, but I don't really ask you about it every week, Matt. Can you just refresh my memory on the rookie scouting portfolio, exactly what it is so that people know exactly what they could be getting from that? Sure. And I just started a pre-sale for it where you get a 10% discount for 1995 and what you get is a pre-draft guide that covers is really the most comprehensive guide available to the public for rookies at the skill positions quarterback running back wide receiver and tight end so i give you these long profile breakdowns that are kind of narratives reading about every aspect of their game but i also take you through my process so you get a chance to really understand how their stack ranked in, in a variety of different categories that are important to their position. I define everything that I look at in writing. So you get a complete glossary of what each criteria point is in my scouting report. You see my scouting reports. You see how the grades are put together. I talk about the classes' strengths and weaknesses overall in terms of the position strengths of the classes, who's overrated, underrated. And then I have a post-draft guide. So after they're drafted, I give people who are fantasy players uh, a real fantasy take in terms of a, a cheat sheet that shows you the comparison between where I rank players versus what the average draft position in fantasy leagues are at the early stages, you know, before and after the NFL draft. So I give you like a sweet spot. So if I like Nick Chubb better than Saquon Barkley a couple years ago, I'm not telling you to pick him over Saquon Barkley, but I'll tell you where you can get him so that you could possibly get both or you could get a better value for him. Or if I like Patrick Mahomes as my top quarterback, but knowing that people were going to be taking Trubisky first or Deshaun Watson first, I could say, hey, you can get him at the beginning of the second round. And I give you kind of a fit-based analysis. And then you also get a, a monthly newsletter that's emailed to you that that kind of takes you through updated rankings, how I feel about these players, and a look at the next year's class that comes out between June through December. And I update those rankings three times a year. And that's all for twenty one ninety five for the regular price. And a lot of my readers say I charge too little, so they wait until the discount period's over. But if you're new, I encourage you to check it out on the discount period. And 10% of every sale up to a $5,000 amount, that's my goal to donate every year, is to Darkness to Light, which is a charity that's um, based on trying to educate people on how to prevent and address sexual abuse of children so that we can prevent that issue and do that across communities across the United States. Wow. Um, awesome, Matt. Everything about that was absolutely awesome. Really appreciate you sharing that. Um, and obviously it's mattwaldmanrsp.com, correct? Correct. 
And when you're going to that website, perhaps before you go to the website, not that you need it for mattwalmanrsp.com, but you can do it with ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN comes with apps for computers, mobile and digital media players like Fire TV. Plus, you can use ExpressVPN every time you go online to keep all your network data encrypted, secure, and safe from hackers. ExpressVPN is the fastest VPN I've ever tried, costs less than $7 per month, and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, especially important if you travel a lot, you're in airports, you're in hotels, etc. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash draft. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash draft for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash draft to learn more. Speaking of learning more, Matt, let's dive into three games this week. We're going to start with a couple of the first bowl games, but first we've got the Army-Navy game. It's a 3 p.m. Eastern game, Matt. It's on CBS. It's also available on Westwood One Radio nationally, and I'll be in the booth for it. And very, very much looking forward to it. Uh, This will be my fourth year being a part of the broadcast. The first three years I was on the sideline, freezing my you-know-what off. This year, I'll actually be in the booth, thankfully, because Mike Mayock got the Raiders GM job. So I moved up to the booth, and I'll be a lot warmer, which I'm very happy about. And there are three legitimate NFL prospects, at least three legitimate NFL prospects in the game, Matt. And they are Navy quarterback Malcolm Perry, Army cornerback Elijah Riley, and Army linebacker Cole Christensen. Now, Malcolm Perry and Elijah Riley will both get a decent amount of opportunity because they are both going to play in the East-West Shrine Bowl, which I believe is down in St. Petersburg, Florida. So the All-Star Games, kind of the number one game is the Senior Bowl. The number two game is the Shrine Bowl. And number three is probably the NFLPA game. Cole Christensen will be playing in the NFLPA game. So all three of these guys, Matt, are verified NFL prospects if you're getting the chance to play in those uh, in those topics. I mean, it, it, all three of these are legit prospects if you're getting a chance to play in games like that. Agreed? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and I'm definitely looking forward to checking those guys out. So I'll start with Navy quarterback Malcolm Perry. He has rushed for over 1,000 yards three years in a row. He's at 1,500 yards this year. He is an electric athlete, one of the most electric athletes either one of these academies, any of these academies have had in a long time. 
couple years ago in the snow, he had over 200 yards rushing at quarterback. Last year, they had him at slot back. I thought that was a mistake. This year, he's back at quarterback, which is a big reason why Navy is 10-2, and two, why Navy is ranked nationally um, and tied for the AAC West uh, with Memphis. Navy has had a terrific year. He will be either like a running back or a receiver at the next level, Matt. And he kind of reminds me, uh, what helps him in that regard is he's not just a quarterback that will be trying to play, you know, like wing back, wide receiver, you know, play in the slot, running back at the next level because he's already done it, right? He's already been a slot back yeah for the Naval Academy in a lot of games. So he's already showed that kind of experience. But he'll be a slot receiver, I think. I do think, Matt, and you can speak to this, that more sort of um, jack-of-all-trades players like this are getting opportunities. And he almost reminds me a little bit of Greg Ward, who you know made several catches last night for the Eagles, the former Houston Cougars quarterback. He'll be that kind of guy. Uh, I think he's better with the ball in his hands than his ward. May not be um, quite as dynamic. May not be. May not have quite the receiver skills. But that's how I see Malcolm Perry uh, playing out. Whether or not he gets drafted will have a lot to do with how well things go at the Shrine game when he actually moves out to receiver and he's running routes, one-on-ones, stuff like that. The next guy is, I think, the best prospect of these three guys, Matt, and that's Army cornerback Elijah Riley. He has started like 40-some games in a row. He's Army's best player. He is a boundary corner, and that's a bigger deal in college football than it is in the NFL because of the hash marks. Teams like to throw in the boundary more often. It's an easier throw. He is a locked-up, typically man-to-man, press-man corner into the boundary, and he is 6'1", 217 pounds, playing (laughs) boundary corner. Now, he doesn't have the feet to do that in the NFL. But he'll either be a safety or perhaps, Matt, I wouldn't be shocked if they moved him to outside linebacker. You know, he's been on the academy program, which is not exactly conducive to putting weight on. Um, I can easily see him being 230 pounds playing linebacker but a guy that has corner skills from playing it against Oklahoma and Michigan and all these schools in college. This will be his 42nd start. This year, he has three sacks, three recovered fumbles, no, three forced fumbles. No, I'm sorry, three interceptions, three uh, forced fumbles, four sacks, eight tackles for loss, And he is a big-time hitter and tackler. I would think long and hard about drafting him as a special teamer and as a guy that maybe he's a practice squad guy 
or an inactive guy or a special teamer year one who I think has a real chance as an outside linebacker at 225, 230 pounds with the corner skills. Um, then finally you have Cole Christensen. This guy looks like Captain America. He shouldn't even go to the NFL. He should take over for Chris Evans in the X-Men series. <laughs> um, he looks just like him. It's unbelievable. He looks better for the Captain America role than does Chris Evans. It is unbelievable. This guy looks like he's G.I. Joe. He's chiseled. He runs very well. This will be his 34th start. He's a two-time captain at Army. Like, think about the guys. They have 30 seniors a year at least, and he was a captain as a junior. Says a lot about him. Leads the team in tackles yet again. He had an unbelievable game against Air Force. By the way, Elijah Riley's number 23. Malcolm Perry's number 10 if you're watching the game. Cole Christensen, number 54. The question, I think, will be whether or not he's good enough in coverage. He does run well, but just because you run well doesn't mean you're great in coverage. That'll be the question. But he is a hammer. Could be good on special teams. Absolutely deserves a shot. Um, So I'll be curious. So those are the three guys while you're watching Army-Navy to keep an eye on from a pro prospect standpoint. What about Kent State and Utah State in the Frisco Bowl? On ESPN2, let's start with Kent State, Matt, and Jamal Parker. Yeah, and and well done, Ross. Very well done. Can't wait to watch these guys. And, um, you know, to start off, though, I mean, Jamal Parker, Kent State, cornerback. He's about 5'8", 185, you know, but he's – so you're looking at him and thinking probably not a boundary corner, probably a guy that you're going to see in the slot. What's interesting about him is that he played safety for a good stint of time with Kent State and has, and has played, has been on the field for pretty much most of his college career. Um, and as a safety, at least heading into this past year, heading into this season, as a safety with at least 250 coverage snaps, he allowed the fewest receptions on a per snap basis in the Mid-American Conference um, entering his senior year. So, you know, when you watch him, he gets downhill fast. He jumps routes well. He really trusts his eyes, both in the passing game and the run game. He's He excels at reading the quarterback's eyes from the flat. He times his hands well when he's in trail position. And he has a knack as a center fielder in pass coverage. I've seen him, you know, um, do a really good job of getting in a position to be able to make some interceptions, including uh, against teams like Ole Miss. Um, wins the ball in the air, arrives at the target point really well to disrupt the catch. And he has great body control to be able to, you know, make, throw his body around to, to, to angle his hands to get to the ball without um, hitting the defender necessarily on plays where he could end up being called for interference. Um, when he is used outside, he does find the ball well and tight man to man at the boundary. Um, and then when it comes to run support, even though at 5'8", 185, he's, you know, when that projects in the NFL, you wonder if he's going to be able to hold up to really tackle. Um, but he's a willing tackler in the flats. Um, at the end of the crease or in the box, you know, it's just he's someone that will 
you know, work across the legs and into the hips of a defender, um, you know, waiting at the other side of a hole and, and drive into them. But, you know, I just don't know if he's going to hold up that way, but he's most effective when he can wrap low and he's a pretty reliable tackler, even though you don't like to see guys just aim for the ankles all the time um, when you're looking for guys, you know, from that level. But he uses his hands well to keep clean from wide receivers when they're trying to stock block him. And he wrap, you know, he does wrap up well. And like I said, he trusts his eyes, takes really good downhill paths where he can work angles under traffic and, and just kind of scrape past defenders and, or um, offensive players and just make a beeline for the ball carrier. Um, you know, he has a really good knack for also just finding the ball. He's just quick, good in traffic, shows a really good motor and eye for pursuit. He's good at blitzing off the corner. And in addition to being a guy with safety experience, with boundary corner experience, well, he's also been a return specialist. He's been, you know, on kickoff returns. He has over 300 yards worth of kickoff return yardage. He's been used on punt coverage, and he does a really good job of being first down there um, to be able first to the ball downhill. And he also has some blocked kicks as coming off the edge and field goal unit. So I think this guy has a has a shot to be on special teams and maybe work his way into a slot role. Um, or and being you know maybe a, a dime back or a nickel back for a defense where you know his tackling ability his his instincts his ability to you know work through traffic and and just cover and and attack the football will be something that will be valued in this game. What about for Utah State? By the way, it's interesting as we're recording this. There are some reports and conversation about. Utah State quarterback Jordan Love, who some think is a first-round prospect, potentially transferring to a school like Oklahoma to be their quarterback next year rather than going to the NFL draft, which would be interesting. We'll see what decision Jordan makes after the Frisco Bowl. But what about their running back, Gerald Bright? Yeah, and this is a guy who replaced Darwin Thompson, the Chiefs rookie running back. And he was about 5'10", 190, finds the cutback lanes really well. He And he has a skill for being able to run wide zone, but he also runs um, gap plays, inside zone, and split zone really well. So he's a versatile runner conceptually, understands those blocking schemes, and, and does a good job of being able to set up his blocks and manipulate defenders to find the, to hit those creases and get yardage is a really good feel for working behind double teams. And he's really patient to let them do their jobs. But at the same time, you know, when they ask him to run gap and I always joke or just kind of say that the difference between gap and zone is kind of like multiple choice versus um, fill in the blank and gap being fill in the blank. And when you, when you are, you know, running gap, you want to hit that crease hard. And for a 5'10", 190 guy, it's noticeable that he hits that crease pretty hard. And he runs hard for his size. He uses his pads well to attack. He runs through hits um, from linebackers to his core and upper legs. I mean, he'll bounce off some hits. Very similar to how Darwin Thompson was, um, you know, at Utah State. He has a good feel in the open field for knowing how to threaten a defender's leverage and turn them around in the open field to set up um, an opportunity to work away from them. Um, you know, but the thing is with him is that I think where his limitations come into play is most likely as you're, you're going to look at him more as a committee back, someone that might be able to help you out on special teams 
but also maybe give you some help in the receiving game and being a change of pace runner, more of a scat back. Because while he does have great balance, he hits a hole hard. When he's wrapped, he's often dropped, despite the fact that you know he, despite the fact that he can bounce off hits. If someone gets a hit and a wrap on him, he usually goes down. So, you know, for for a college player, he he's a productive guy. He's exciting to watch. I think he offers enough versatility and probably enough athletic ability to fit in the NFL in terms of on a roster and be a contributor. But you're probably looking at a guy who, you know, that they want to use maybe to substitute for a starter at, you know, at some point and the versatility in the, in the running game and the passing game and the different types of blocking schemes that he's good at should help his cause at being able to compete for a, a, a spot in the NFL. What about their linebacker? Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. I'll go Tipa Galea. Pretty close. It's it's Tipa Nalea. It's it's interesting that it's with a G, but it's with it's like from what I've heard, it's pronounced like almost like an N. Okay. But, uh, yeah, yeah. So he's he's an outside linebacker. Um, he's six five, two thirty five, and he was recruited originally by TCU and with them. And TCU is pretty well known for having some some really awesome athletes on defense. Um, he was kicked off you know, TCU, um, and it was after he was charged with assaulting a couple of students in a dorm where he got in a fight and uh, kicked off the team. Since then, he's been on his best behavior, um, you know, and I'm sure that teams will be looking into him, you know, pretty closely um, uh, in in terms of that incident. Um, in terms of what happens on the football field, this is a, a speed rusher, a classic speed rusher who, you know, you watch him against Michigan state and you know, the, the, the tackles there, one of them was a five-star prospect, just couldn't set fast enough. Just couldn't even get, keep up with him. I mean, he just, I mean, he will get around you without even getting touched. If you let him, I mean, he has great length, really good burst. Um, someone that is, you know, built more like a tall wide receiver than an every down defensive end. And I don't think he, ha- I don't know if he has the body type to really fill out there. Um, but off the edge, he'll dip the shoulder. He has a double swipe. He'll use the rip. He's someone that, um, you know, he can get to that quarterback at the end of a five-step drop. And by the time that quarterback plants his foot, he's, you know, he's basically getting his feet removed from the turf. Um, by the you know by Nalea when he can get around that corner he can bend that corner he flattens out consistently but there are some games where he can bend the corner and that inside step as he bends doesn't gain enough traction and I've seen him you know lose his balance a little too often so he's going to have to kind of work on that he does have an effective inside counter move when the edge is cut off and when he line winds up low trying to tackle somebody he does have the sense to roll through his wraps and drop the ball carrier or the, or the quarterback in the pocket. He's really good at anticipating the snap. He plays with a lot of intensity. Um, the, the big thing with him is that he, you know, his game is essentially, you know, third down and passing downs where it's off the edge or dropping back into coverage where he has really good hand eye coordination to be able to, uh, you know, to win the ball either by tipping it or tipping it to himself. I've seen a, a, a number of plays where he's done something close to that, but the run game needs a lot of work. This is a guy who, you know, he can lose gap discipline trying to make the splash play off the edge 
and he'll end up attacking gaps that his teammate's supposed to have, and he ends up, you know, taking out two defenders out of one play rather than stopping one ball carrier. Um, you know, tight ends can handle him in the run game right now just because he doesn't really use his hands well at the point of attack, and he'll try to deliver a blow with his shoulders or his forearm and just like the knock the guy back and, and run through rather than, you know, kind of use a more refined version of his hands to gain leverage and, and earn position. But he does show some potential off the ball to come over the top and cut off the flat or the screen um, in the passing game. And, you know, he's going to be an exciting guy from as a, as a edge rush specialist um, or outside linebacker defensive end. It'll be interesting to see if he can add some weight to his game because if he can then maybe there's some opportunity for him to develop as a more all-around defender but he'll have work to do but really 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 exciting off that edge the last game we're going to talk about today matt and we'll get to more bowl games next week it's the celebration bowl alcorn state versus n north carolina a and t it's noon on ABC on December 21st, and you definitely have the sickness or the disease, Matt. D- <laughs> diving deep on these guys. Let's start with uh, Alcorn statewide receiver Chris Blair. Yeah, you know, he's a 6'3", 200-pound guy with some good pacing to set up slants. He's really comfortable catching the ball at his belt line, and he tracks the ball well over his shoulder, too. He can... He pulls through wraps high to his frame, so he shows a little bit of power as a as a, a runner after the catch, and he attacks open zones pretty well. He can get aggressive in his stem and then slow down just to make himself more target-friendly as he breaks into the opening um, in that zone. He needs, you know, in terms of being a blocker, he's, you know, 6'3", 200. He needs to show he can be more aggressive when it comes to punching um, and getting chest-to-chest. And he'll, you know, he needs to move his feet but he can move his feet well when uh, once he locks onto a guy. So there's potential there in terms of the effort. It's just about being more consistent with it. Um, he does have to improve his attack um, of the ball. You know, when he's in traffic, he needs to work back to the ball at times. Other times, you know, he's willing to take a hit and and win after contact. But there's times where he just doesn't really conceptually understand yet that he needs to be able to come back to the ball so that he can prevent the defender from cutting off um, the target. Um, he's like Kenny Stills in the sense that, you know, when I watched Kenny Stills at Oklahoma, he was a very good pass catcher, but he often used what I'd call a passive underhand framing of his hands, where his pinkies are together and he's trying to trap the ball to his stomach or, you know, and or to his chest on targets that are high enough that he could use his hands in a more active position where his thumbs and his uh, index fingers are more together and create that webbing. And he doesn't, he can do that on plays, but he chooses not to on targets that I think hurt him more often than not. So it's just a matter of being a little bit more consistent, but he's an interesting prospect because of the fact that he's consistent as a pass catcher has that nice size and seems to show some decent speed and skill um, against contact. How about the running back for Alcorn State, Deshaun Waller? Yeah, this is the kid from my neck of the woods, and he's about 5'11", 210. He's a really quick-footed back who can open his hips well. And I really like that about running backs because you see guys, even the top prospects, 
where when they change direction, they love to, you know, use those jump cuts and they'll jump like two yards into the line and then try to move laterally. And in the NFL, that just doesn't work. You jump two yards into the line and you're basically wrapped for a three yard loss. Um, and so he's very good at doing things like what Matt Forte and Chris Johnson and Arian Foster really knew how to do early on in their careers was just point that toe, open their hips, and efficiently change direction on a dime. He spots penetration really early and can work away from it. He's very confident changing direction in tight confines. He has good ball security, only three fumbles and 335 touches, which is pretty solid. And he hits a hole with confidence. So he can set up double teams with a good press. He has the contact balance to bounce off some direct hits to his pads and reaccelerate. Very capable stiff arm. He's extremely creative. Um, probably to the point in the NFL, some of these things aren't going to work. You know, he's one of those guys that he's going to be fun to watch because you'll watch him, you know, in the celebration bowl. I bet you he'll get deep into a crease, bait the edge defender with, you know, who has leverage to go inside on him and get in that crease and then just spin outside and around that defender and take the edge. He's not going to do that in the NFL, um, but it's fun to watch in the MEAC. Um, he's going to, you know, what's going to work for him, though, is being able to bounce, open his hip, use efficient downhill skill. He does a reasonable job altering his footwork. He has um, ability to catch the ball with his back to the quarterback. And he does do some nice work on kickoff returns. He's willing to block. He shows hustle as a blocker. Um, you know, when he can square up a defender in the pocket, um, even though he'll lead with his head a little bit and and doesn't always punch as well as he should. You'll see moments where he does land a good punch, where he uses his hands well, and he can torque a defender or a linebacker and bring them to the ground and continue or continue to work and shield a guy on the, you know, as the lead blocker on sprint plays um, and be able to continue to reset his hands and move his feet. So I like his potential as a, as a special teams guy who might get a shot as an undrafted free agent and see if he can surprise in a, in a league where running back talent is pretty rich and there's a lot of them available. What about there's a wide receiver on the other side, Elijah Bell for North Carolina A&T. Yeah. And this guy might have, this guy might be one of those people in camp that you'll hear about kind of like Emmanuel Butler in new Orleans, a guy like last year who, didn't end up really making the team. It ended up being a practice squad guy, but was getting a lot of attention throughout training camp. He's a 6'1", 222-pound guy who looks like he can actually add some upper body weight. He's all kind of like, he's all kind of waist down. He looks like he, he, he looks built like, you know, Joe Mixon from the waist down. And then he looks like he's built like a 188-pound wide receiver from the waist up. Um, but he plays like he's 222. He boxes out defenders well. He extends for the ball. He can jar the cornerback with his hands at first contact. And if he can set up a route as if he's blocking, get the defender to believe that, he has an excellent ability to get his hands into the chest plate and just rip that guy aside. He pulls away from opponents in terms of, you know, with the ball. He has what I would call extreme catch radius in terms of the ability to not only just high point the ball, but arches back behind probably what you would think is the latest window of the ball arriving for him to be able to catch it and to be able to reach behind him and snare the ball with full extension and then bring it back down um, or be able to go low where you're maybe you're, you know, where the quarterback ends up throwing a fade route too low 
and he's already leaped into the air, but can contort his body and get low and be able to make the catch, you know, at his at thigh level below the the hips of the cornerback who's in front of him. Something that I've seen a guy like Paul Richardson do extremely well. If you remember that playoff game against Detroit when he was with Seattle, he made that incredible catch. Bell has that kind of hand-eye coordination um, and really is very consistent with his attack with his hands. Really good lateral cuts and stiff arms and footwork in traffic. Transitions extremely well, so he's not only good on you know on all these fade routes um, and slants, but he's also good on you know in the screen game. And he has a very he has very nice quickness for his size. I don't know exactly if he's going to have a really good top gear. That's going to be what's interesting to see about him in pro day workouts. But he looks pretty darn quick in terms of that initial quickness. That is that's going to be important. And you even see, even with the fact that I think he can add some weight to his upper body, I've seen him show the strength and leverage to deliver some throw buys on cornerbacks where, you know, they reach out and jam early and he's able to get his hand underneath, you know, like their chest, their underarm and just throw them aside. And, and, you know, if he bulks up and he shows the, the requisite speed that you're looking for, at least from a guy who can play outside or even maybe a big slot, this guy might have a chance to make a roster. Um, I, I'm really intrigued by him. So there you go. If you weren't already going to watch the Army-Navy game or Kent State-Utah State or Alcorn State and North Carolina A&T, now you can, and you can bet on them at betonline.ag using the promo code PODCAST1. Why not? You might as well. You get a 50% five zero welcome bonus, which is Kind of nice. And I have now won the Podcast One Sportsnet Challenge three times, which means three separate times they have put money into your Bet Online accounts as a result of me, which is pretty cool. You just got to make sure you're following me at Ross Tucker NFL or Bry at RTF Podcast. And that when I tweet, hey, reply to this with your BetOnline account, you reply with your BetOnline.ag account. That is the key. BetOnline.ag. You have to have used the promo code PODCAST1, however, for that 50% welcome bonus. Other than that, Pry, you know the deal. We have got Power Rankings Tuesday and Part 1 of the Fantasy Feast. Tuesday is always a big day for us. Make sure you're checking out both those bad boys. Uh, The keg is kicked, though, here. We're all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.